For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than a 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. With me, Bram, no markers today, at least not up front here, but with me per usual, my master from all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, I am fired up to announce they're rejoining us after way too long. In fact, in an appearance I have been waiting for for at least a week here, the co-host of the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game, a man whose knowledge, passion, and talent has turned him into one of the brightest voices on the sporting airwaves, and a guy who is at the forefront of trying to get the nickname Windex rolling for Kevon Looney, Mr. Joe Butcher Boy Shasky. What's going on, Joe? Oh, my God. I'm exhausted and ready. Uh, exhausted from the King Series and ready for Lakers LeBron. Like, this is God, let's go. It's so crazy how fast this turnaround is. Like, I, I want to spend this day, like, dancing on the King's graves yeah. and, like, really celebrating. But they're playing tomorrow, dude. Like, really? we have no time in between at all here. I know. I know. And it's got to be, if you're just a television executive, I know we don't care who we have. Bull. Like, <laughs> you know you care. This is LeBron and the Lakers brand. Like, two giant brands. LeBron brand, Laker brand, merging together. And then you have Steph Curry brand with the Warrior brand. I mean, this is a match made in heaven. It's a holy war. I, I was thinking today, so like over the last few years, as the dynasty has progressed, mm -hmm. I've learned to hate all these teams. Yes. You know, I've learned to hate Houston for a while. Yes. I learned to hate the Clippers for a while. I learned to hate Memphis for a while. Shit, the last week, I learned to hate Sacramento for a minute. But there's this inset, fuck the Lakers, that has been true for me forever since Cohan this entire time. And that we finally get to weaponize it. You know, now in a playoff series is amazing. But I, I tell you what, so a bunch of forward-looking questions. A couple looking backwards, and let me start here. You are the only person, Joe, I, I think this is true. Take this, hopefully, as the compliment it's intended, okay. who is maybe as crazy as I am, you know, who, who takes this shit as hard and as neurotically and as, like, emotionally imbalanced on a game day. 
So uh, th that's all just a lead up to take me through the range of emotions you went through yesterday, too. Like how, what, what does that look like for you? Okay. Well, I got to go back to Friday night. I get uh, word that we got tickets Friday night. Last minute, I was going to have my brother and the kids over. And I go, Pat, I got tickets to the game last minute. I mean, literally three o'clock. Game starts oh. at five. Okay. Oh. I'm like, hey, can you go to the game tonight? He's like, I've never been to a Warrior playoff game and I've never been to Chase. I'm like, what? Let's go. We're going. Right. So, he shows up and we go to the game and my brother is ready to scream his ear off. I take him to the gatehouse to go meet Mully and all oh, them. Yes. And Mully waves him into the gatehouse and he goes, it was like Jesus was welcoming into the gate <laughs> of heaven because this is Chris Mullen for Christ's sake. And he's working with my partner and he comes in. Mayor London Breed, the San Francisco mayor is walking out. Mr. Fab is to the right. My brother just popped a gummy. He is out of his mind. He's looking around and he's like, I can't believe we're here. I'm thinking like, yeah, no shit. We're at a freaking warrior playoff game. This is incredible. And I thought we were going to dance on their graves. Like I really did. The energy in the building pregame, we were ready for the Warriors to do anything. And this whole like narrative about Chase Center wasn't rocking. Let me tell you this. I was there. If they would have just hit back-to-back -back shots or gotten back-to-back -back stops, that sure. place was ready to have the roof come off. It was a Friday at 5 o'clock, and people were loaded. If you don't think that crowd was ready to pop off, you're tripping. So, like, we lose that game. I was furious. It's one of the biggest eggs. I mean, it reminded me of the Giants losing in 2002 in Game 6, where it's like, I don't yeah. know if you can come back from this. Yeah. Like, and, and a totally different fashion. They got their ass kicked. And I'm watching. I'm right behind 40 Water. And I'm watching Jordan Poole. And I'm watching how this bench has reacted. And I'm losing my So I am furious Friday night. Saturday. I can't believe they legged that egg. Oh, my God. Everywhere I'm going. Little League. I had to do an MC event for St. Finbar, a little school and stuff. Everyone's like, what the hell did we watch? I wake up Sunday morning. Okay? I went to bed at like 9.30 for, uh, Saturday night. I wake up at like 3.50 on, on <laughs> Sunday morning. And I couldn't get, go back to bed. I had so much nervous energy, so much anxiety. I just pop out of bed like the undertaker. I go in the shower. I cook up some coffee. And I just started cleaning the house. I did all <laughs> of the towels. I laundried everything. I cleaned everything up. I had so much nervous energy. I couldn't even sit down and play video games and relax. I was so amped up. So that's how I started my morning Sunday. And then I pretended like I was going to have the blanket over me and like, oh, I'll just relax me and the dog. The dog's sick right now on, on the bed and we'll just hang out. It took about 14 seconds until that first clay turnover. And I jumped off the couch. I'm screaming and yelling. I'm a lunatic. This team, I was not ready for the dynasty to be over. When did you calm down? Fourth quarter, second half? Like, when When did the sense of, okay, we got this? About 15 points up with about six minutes to go. I, I was like, all right, we almost can't fuck this up. Like, <laughs> that's where I was at. The, the fight, look at the sequence when Malik Monk hit that and one right before Clay hit the three-point, or I guess four-point play, the three that was a foul. It was still in the balance. Yes. They cut it to like six points right there. And everybody's like, oh, no, don't not close this quarter properly. So it's just and now we get to Steph. Steph, I've had the luxury of watching the end of Joe Montana, the whole entire Steve Young thing. Barry Bonds, Will Clark, um, you know, we watched Barry Bonds and so many great, great, great players. Ricky Henderson. We watched Kobe. We've watched LeBron. We watched Michael Jordan. At least I have in my era. And I'm magic, you know. This dude is a one of one. Steph Curry is Montana, Wilt, Barry Bonds, Jerry Rice, all rolled into one. He, he's he's the most incredible player I've ever seen. Montana might get 30 dropbacks and 30 throws. Okay, that's if they're lucky. Steph might do 15 things in a quarter. There was one play that was circulating around. There was like seven unbelievable things he did on the one play before he hit the finger roll, you know, after like six misses. I'm sorry. I'm just losing my mind. On and he Steph. got fouled like a thousand times oh. on the way in. Um, let's see. Working backwards. All right. We'll start with Steph. And there's going to be a lot of Steph content. Today. Sorry. As I just, you can imagine. No, fuck yeah, man. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me about Steph, and again, we'll revisit this. But it was when he celebrated the made free throw. You know, oh. he'd missed those free throws. So this guy is in the midst of a 50 spot in game seven. Where, you know, this is the stuff of fucking legends, man. And even then, he has the wherewithal to joke, to, to be light about this. You know, that's not the even in all the times I saw Barry Bonds do something incredible, he was never light during no, a moment. Serious. You know, they, it, 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 that never entered it. But just to give you a sense of my crazy fucking day, uh, <laughs> 
So my kid turned eight years old on the day of the big game on game fucking seven. And one of the things she, she literally asked me is, Daddy, don't watch any basketball oh, during no. my party because you get weird when the Warriors lose. And you know, fuck, man, factually accurate. And so we're having this pool party. And we go up there and I'm, I'm barbecuing these hot dogs. And I'm, you know, I'm being sweet for my kid. And she yeah. means the world to me. And so like, I'm, I'm not watching it. But internally, it's eating me alive, dude. Agonizing. Like, the fact that people out there know what the outcome is, and I don't, oh. that either there's this incredible celebration or my favorite superheroes are dead. Like, whatever it is, I can't stand it. And I, I don't have anyone to talk to. And at one point, this guy, they're pseudo friendships, right? They are, we've gotten to know the parents of these other people now, but I don't yeah. know them super well. Yeah. And this guy comes up, he's just trying to make conversation. And he goes, so game seven birthday party and i flash on him you know i was like it's not my choice i didn't pick her fucking birthday day. it's just it got does he have any shit. clue how diehard you are i'm wearing like eight pieces of fucking warriors uh, <laughs> i got a hat my sh fucking shirt my shorts like all this shit then we come home i've got it on tape delay i'm watching and we have another party later in the day oh my for my God. kid we got to go to so i have to smash it into a 90 minute period i lock myself in the back I'm watching by myself, screaming through a closed door. My father-in-law's in the other room. I've been already seeing the game, and I never calm down. They're up 18 with three minutes left. I don't remember. Oh, no. Somebody scored. I was like, we're going to fucking lose this. I'm by myself, Joe. So it, and you didn't look at your phone? No one told you? Nothing. How did, in 2023, how did you do that? So kept the phone gone. The phone was not in my pocket. Gave it to my wife. So there's no way I could catch wow. any notifications, anything like that. Um, and then, I mean, I had every single person I made eye contact with, I was like reading their soul. You know, like, what are you trying to tell me? Is this a, but no, got through it. And it was um, ultimately this cathartic, incredible experience. But man, the lead up, oh I don't know. I don't feel like it's a healthy way to experience this shit. But I tell no. you what. It's the best way. Like the only look at sports in the playoffs. I don't care what sport. No, it's equal parts, unbelievably exciting and riddled with anxiety. And I want it no other way. It's it's the greatest feeling in the world. Not television doesn't do that. You know, maybe watching your kids compete in sports will do that to you or 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 perform on a stage like I. you feel powerless watching it. You know what I'm saying? Like when it's when it's a family member. But this is why sports is the best. I can tell you, although to be fair, she hasn't gotten into any stakes scenarios, but I've watched my daughter play soccer multiple times. Love watching her play. No anxiety. She's terrible, dude. She, I mean, there's, I'm never have to worry about it in any way, which I guess is a upside. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I've never had this and I hope I never will. Yeah. But if someone said, look, there's a chance you're going to lose all of your money tomorrow. You're going to check your bank account yeah. and you might be fucking bankrupt. The feeling I would have when I was actually going to check it is what I feel like before I turned on that game seven. Like it was all like, uh, like angst and, and ugliness. And then you check the bank account and you have $50 million. You know, it all comes through. But let's jump in, boys. Glass half full. Joe, you remember this. You look yes. back at hoop you like or Warriors and give me something you like and didn't. Maxine, we haven't heard from you, so I'll turn it to you, man. Something you like or didn't from last night's big win. 50 points in a game seven. Come on. Come on, Stephen Curry is the greatest. But I'll give you one thing further because that's obviously the thing that everybody's going to say. It's that he did it with one turnover. It's that he did it after having what, you know, from the Sham Sharania uh, Marcus Thompson report was, um, you know, a, an all-time uh, locker room speech before the game, you know, after being up all night and galvanizing the team in a way that had Jonathan Kaminga clapping it up on the bench, you know, literally bringing the whole team together. I mean, it was it was a masterclass on and off the court. It was just, it was an absolute joy to watch. I'll add and get one of these videos ready, man. Uh, start with the one where he said, light the beam. You know what I love about Steph? His, his very unique combination of undeniable classiness and undeniable pettiness. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen those two things smashed together. And some videos came out from last night. One is him screaming, light the beam. Uh, and if we've got that, let's go ahead and show it. Here he is to finish out the game. And boom, there it is. Faking oh, light God. the beam for Sacramento. And then the other one, show the uh, y'all ain't ready for this shit. While, while he's on oh, that one was great. Huge heater. Steph the Christian, right? The baby-faced assassin on his way back to the fucking bench has this to say to Sacramento's crowd. Let's see if we get it. Uh, there it is. Y'all ain't ready for this shit. Hell of angry. <laughs> so let's go, dude. I just... Just everything about this man, Joe. He's brought so much joy into my life. Like, I don't, outside of someone I'm related to, I don't think anyone has been this 
joyful, you know, has, has brought this kind of entertainment to me on a what day by day basis. He is Lincecum. He's Jerry Rice. Like there are certain players that when you watch them play, you smile, right? You know what I mean? Like you yeah. just, you, yeah. you, you can't help but love them. There are very, and they're very unique. Like as much as I love bonds, I don't know. Smile was the first thing. Like he did so many great <laughs> things, but like, he was like a man on a mission. When I watched Lincecum, I was like, I'm watching a comet. I'm watching something yeah. that is only going to come around once in a, in a, in a blue moon. You know what I mean? And like, he's unbelievable, but I'm going to give you my one thing. Forget Steph. Cause that's so obvious. So obvious. Kavon Looney being maybe remembered as more impactful than Andrew Bogut was not something I had on my bingo card two years ago. Like, think about that. Andrew yeah. Bogut, like, whether you liked him, didn't like him, loved him, hated him, like, the, he complicated individual. You can't deny that he wasn't one of the seminal pieces that changed the Warriors organization forever on a variety of fronts. He was great for the Warriors. Why do I feel like what I'm watching with Kavon Looney is more impactful? And that's not a knock on Bogut. I think it's more like a testament to the heart and soul of Kavon Looney. And I just, I freaking love this guy. Where would they be? I can't believe this come out of my mouth. Where would they be without Kevon Looney? Completely fucked is where they would be. Um, I've said in the past, the most soul-sucking thing that can happen against you is an offensive rebound. Oh. You, know what I was, well, you know why I was wrong about that? You know what's more soul-sucking? Two, three, four offensive rebounds in the course of a fucking single <laughs> offensive possession. And the fact that it's us doing that, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about this um, again in a second here. But Steph was on an island, boys. You know, it, it, he nobody was there to help him out, with the exception of Loon. You know, every time Steph couldn't deliver, Loon would give him a second, third, fourth opportunity. And it was just incredible because he deserves a shout out. The other thing oh. I liked is my boy in Sacramento, the uh, fan in the orange uh, Warriors jersey, oh. who everyone is commenting My on. Wife's I don't know but he, I mean, dude, he was all of us, you know, like, I, he's the I, best. I, I he was the best and in the orange, uh, freaking warrior Jersey from the, we believe era. I mean, look at him screaming in the high. If you didn't do that during the game, you're not a real fan. Bram, I got to send you a video of my boy Rocco, his wife, Instagrams him on the side without him watching while he's watching games. And he's got two little girls and you can hear them in the background. Daddy, are you okay? And he's yelling at the TV. He's like, are you kidding me? Somebody make up a play. And it's how we all watch. And the way that man right there in that arena was screaming was how every one of us screamed when any one of these warriors did something positive. That's exactly right. And before I told you I was watching by myself in the room, that's a lie. I was watching with that guy. The second uh, yes. they showed him, I yes. was literally like, man, Weird this animal. fucking guy. I, I said that out loud to nobody. I'm in that room by myself. I was like, man, this fucking guy. Unreal. Let's go. So on the off chance you're listening, dude, we we really, really respect you. Um, something I don't like. At least I'll throw this out here. Actually, you know what? Before I ask you that, or before I uh, say this, let me ask you this. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in an opposing arena in, in whatever, in any gear, and then going big like that gentleman just did? So uh, I've got a couple of them. I don't know, Maxine, if you want to get in here, but Boston game three and game four last oh, year. Right. All right, game, right. game three, I'm by myself. There wasn't much to cheer for. It was a tight game, but I'm by myself. Top rafters, Sean Sully from Sullyburg and this guy from there, and they're all just giving me, fuck you, Draymond, in my face, like the whole time. I'm by myself. There are no Warrior fans for game three because that was a Wednesday game. Friday, there was a couple of more. I mean, if you'd have told me there were 52 Warrior fans in that entire arena, I'd have believed you. Like, I'm dead. And that's including Warrior employees. Friday <laughs> night, by myself, yellow San Francisco Warriors wilt jersey. I was rocking it. And I'm jumping up. And so, what Curry have? 43, 44, whatever oh, he had. And I'm jumping up like, let's go, let's go. And everybody, sit the F down, sit down. And I'm going like this. You know, I don't even look back. I'm not even going to look back. Then the other one, which was just... I thought Boston was going to be bad. Philadelphia, NFC Championship game this year with Bonte. We did it in L.A., but we took over. Niner fans took over for the SoFi game. This year, McCaffrey scores that touchdown, and that place goes dead silent. I don't know if you guys remember that. McCaffrey broke like six plays, and Bonte and me are jumping up. Let's go, let's go. And beers are just <laughs> flying at us, just, just getting thrown at us in our direction. About seven or eight 49er offensive plays later, Josh Johnson got crumbled to the ground, and we were both sitting there completely befuddled. But yes, I've done that, and it's both scary as hell and freaking amazing. And I, I'm telling you, there's nothing like a road game. There's nothing like it. Incredible use of the word befuddled. I was very impressed by that. Uh, I have never done it in a professional context. The closest I did 
I'm playing JV for Skyline High School. It's my first year there. Okay. We, you know, the JV team plays first, so we win. And then we're now watching our boys in varsity. We're in Richmond and we're talking hella shit. I mean, as much shit as you can possibly fucking talk to anyone around us. And then that, that fucking game ends in a riot. Literally, there's a fucking fight at the end. And the fans now storm the fucking court. We're there. And I'm the guy who's been talking all this shit. I'd like to tell you that, like, I, you know, it was like this big, I, I've never run to a locker room faster than when that fucking happened. Like, there's never been, like, anybody that's ever gone faster to a fucking room than oh, I went at hilarious. that exact moment. And so that's about as close to this scenario as I've gotten. Uh, Maxine, you know do you have sad? any? You know what's sad is that like you not only the the fighting at the end, but like when you are in an opposing arena that you have to be scared for your your you know your safe being rooting for your team like that 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 makes me sad. I don't know. Yeah. It I makes mean, me sad. Props to Sacto fan that guy. You know, like in, yeah, in the clip fine. that we just saw, it didn't look like he was in any mortal danger or anybody said anything. Um, and you know what? Now that we've won, and I feel comfortable about saying this. Props to Sacramento. That's a young, talented oh. team. Um, they remind me of the Warriors in 2013. Absolutely. That like, series we had against San Antonio. So, Absolutely. You know, good for them. Um, also, fuck them forever. And I'm glad that we've moved on, boys, to our golden questions. Uh, Joe, this is our mailbag. It always deals with the Warriors. Occasionally gets personal. And here's the first. Quote, Butcher Boys. I know we have a huge Lakers series coming up. I'm going to pause just for a second. I mean, I love having Butcher Boy on. Doesn't have to be named Butcher Boys. I mean, we have a fucking, like, the show is called The Huddle. Uh, anyways, Butcher Boys. <laughs> Sorry, we have guys. a huge Lakers series coming up. But give me one last look back. How would you answer these quick hitters? Okay. So they've given us a couple of follow-ups here, and here's the first, and it's kind of an exciting one. Was Steph's Game 7 50-burger the most impressive playoff game in his career? What no. It's Game 4 in Boston for me. For me, it's game four in Boston. And then I would also say uh, game five in Cle uh, in uh, Oracle when the, the first championship, I think we've forgotten, he scored 37. And in the second half, he outplayed LeBron. That that Those two, because those are the finals. Those are the finals. And so I elevate those. I also think sneakily, game six and game seven, we remember OKC game six, Clay Thompson. Steph was yep. equally amazing. Like yep. equally freaking amazing. And in game seven, he was amazing as well on one leg. It's in the, it's, it's a top five Curry performance. But what's crazy, he's got so many of them. Like pick your poison, guys. Like yep. seriously, the 37 off the bench against Portland in, in the second half. I'm back. I'm back. Oh. Uh, Maxime, how would you answer that? Best playoff game? It's it's tricky. So, no. And it's because it's a first-round playoff series, right? LeBron was just quoted I, as saying, like, the you know, the stakes get higher every time. This is a young team. I keep on telling them, like, you know, it's, it's going to get ratcheted up. We made it out of the first round. Now we go to the second round. So, you know, it, it, the stakes are, are not quite there yet. And at the same time, like, man, I was so, I was so nervous. There was a part of me that was already trying to sort of salve my my feelings around like, are, is this the end? You know, is like trade the house, right? Like, is this all over? You know, and, and Steph was aware of that, you know, and I think that does sort of recontextualize this a little bit that there was that we were so close to something going so horribly wrong. It's just the first round. I get it. But for him to come out the way he did and play so emphatically, like, yeah, I mean, I'd say top five makes some sense. Joe laid out some really good examples. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly not a normal first round playoff series uh, performance. I'll push back. Fuck both you boys. I say it is. All right. So look, objective. There, there is no objective stat on this. This is a thousand percent subjective. And of course, a first round game doesn't have the stakes that that game four performance. And of course, also, though, that wasn't the only thing at stake. You guys have both talked about if, if they had lost that game. We are talking about the end of this group of people we have spent an incredible 10 years with. Much more than a fucking first round loss, boys. We're talking about, you know, Steph as Steph. We're talking about this core probably breaking up. But that's not the end of the subjective analysis. Malik Monk called these fuckers old. All of us. Okay. Yes, they were. They looked gassed in game six. Darren Fox is racking up this future that we can all palpably fucking feel. Sacramento is, is on our ass. All of these things are going into this game. And instead of coming up anything but legendary, Steph drops a 50 spot on their ass by himself, by himself. And playing away. 
and play in a way that Luka Doncic plays every night, which yes. you never see Steph play that way. Shots, dude. And, he, and he made the call. You know, he could yeah. tell that, that Clay didn't have it, that JP couldn't be fucking trusted, that even oh. Wiggins didn't want it. You know, and so with all of those things, and this is, there's some reasons he biased, but with yeah, all these things and all the vulnerability I felt going into that, for him to have answered it, with a 20-point win basically on his back, you know, maybe not the best, but when I'm putting up the Mount Rushmore of, of appearances, this is one of the faces I'm carving. You know, there, there's fucking no question. It doesn't this, like, when you think of just individual Bay Area performances in the playoffs, like Mad Bum Game 7, you know, you, you think Lincecum in the playoffs against Atlanta, like there's these moments in time, Kaepernick against the Green Bay Packers, yep. Sleepy Floyd yep. in a series they lose, you know what I mean? But, you know, Sleepy Floyd is Superman. Like even Weber, you know, uh, against the Phoenix Suns, like that that three-game set where we got our teeth kicked in. Like there are moments, Baron Davis, right? Like there are certain moments. This one's going to live forever. I think we will remember this one because of the stakes, though. I think you are right. We are way too similar, Joe. Before, literally, before you like, you finished it, but as as you said, Sleepy Floyd, all I could hear in my head was Tim Roy going, Sleepy Floyd is Superman! So nicely played there. Uh, which was against the Lakers. Uh, factually accurate. Um, against which, the Lakers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This one, I actually want your guys' take on as well. So we're looking back at that King series. Quote, whose reputation did this series help and hurt the mm -hmm. most? I've got a couple here. Uh, I, I think the the one who got hurt the most is clearly Demonis Sabonis. I mean, Broad. Sabonis's stock couldn't be any lower. He got relegated to Mozgov status in the sense we were playing four <laughs> on five offense. Or excuse me, they were playing four on five offense, and all of his numbers felt hollow. Like everything felt hollow. And when he was not on the floor, they were better. They were better with him on the bench. Like that is, I, I don't even know how that can be debated in terms of rising. I would have said De'Aaron Fox at the beginning, uh, uh, middle of the series. I think of on Looney. Like, because De'Aaron mm. Fox is already going to mm. be star status. Okay, you got him in superstar status. Fine. Like, everyone's got different tiers. To me, there are still a lot of people out there that, like, didn't know who Kevon Looney was, yeah. which is insane. His stock is through the roof right now. Yeah. No, and, and his contract and everything that, that goes through that. Um, I agree. So if they had lost this, my answer to you would have been Jordan Poole. Would have been mm. the guy whose reputation took the nastiest hit. Um, I think we would have had an offseason. How about Dre? Calling for his head. Draymond could have been the ugly take as I mean, well. he wasn't great yesterday. No, he was no. good, but not great. But they won. So we I don't know. have to, so it is so it is Sabonis. He's gonna have to suck on his fraudulent reputation for at least this offseason and see whether or not he can resurrect it. Um, I didn't get the feeling that like every time he checked out of the game, when they showed that fan base, they didn't look in particularly upset, dude. They were better no. with Sabonis off the floor. I love the loon answer. So I mean the easy one is De'Aaron Fox and fuck, man. Great player. I mean, he's, he's sick. He's goddamn. How many times did he did he so answer sad. a three by us? Every Thank time you. we start making runs, how many times did De'Aaron fucking Fox pull up and hit the three? But because I'm a, a homer and because I love the take, I'm gonna double down on Loon. Let's go. Okay, can I give you guys an undercover too for the like for diehard Warrior fans that have been like in on this team all year? Forget the stars. DiVincenzo, I can't get any lower coming out of that series. God, God bless him. He he, one of my favorite players throughout the regular season. Guy couldn't hit anything in this series. He was god-awful. And out of nowhere, off a milk carton, Moses Moody is a reliable agent come game seven. Like, I was literally screaming, I think I have to go Moody over DDV for the next two games coming out of game five. I can't believe I'm saying that. You know what that's triggering for me? 
um, and I'm going to add this to Steph's fucking resume. When everyone was calling him old, when everyone said it was over, the thing that I was screaming to nobody in particular is that no, that at this stage of their career, Steph should not be expected to anchor a six, seven man rotation. You know, it's supposed to be nine people, but Andre, nothing. JMG, nothing. Uh, Dante, Kaminga. nothing. Jordan Poole, nothing. Kaminga, nothing. All of these people who are supposed to be taking a load mm-hmm. off his fucking shoulders didn't show up to the series at all. You know, and yet and still, despite being gassed because he had too much weight, he decided, you know, he, he accelerated. He was fucking better than any of us thought. Uh, Maxime, take this final one. What Kings player ultimately did you sports hate the most? And why is it Malik Monk? <laughs> oh, dude, he's sick. I, uh, I mean, I, it's not Malik Monk for me. I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very impressed and very annoyed by him. But to me, it's still Sabonis. I, the, the way that he collapsed um, was so frustrating for me. The way that he kind of got under Draymond's skin, because the story of this series ultimately, I mean, game by game, the game, the 50 spot from game seven, whatever. Right. But it was, it was Draymond. It was Draymond getting suspended after the, uh, um, you know, after the, the flagrant two. Uh, and and it was the things that led up to that that were entirely Sabonis getting up in his grill. Like, I bribe for my boys, you know? Like, Draymond is one of my favorite players. And depending on, you know, the, when you ask me, he is my favorite player. And so Sabonis instigating Draymond to the degree that he did means that I hate Sabonis for all time. <laughs> the reason why it's Mung for me, so Sabonis is a great fucking answer. It is. Sabonis losing, you know, like all those things we were just talking about, all of his lack of success made it more palatable for me. It's like a Bond villain who I hate for a while, but they lose. So there's some comeuppance. Monk was like fucking Thanos. He was a villain who was fucking winning. You know, like he he was he's doing all that, all that posturing and all that three shit, all the fucking mean mugging. And he was having success. And so it was just, it was just killing me, man. Who did you hate, Joe? Uh, this is going to be so random. Terrence Davis coming out of oh nowhere God, at the end of the series and hitting shot after shot and then hacking the ever-living shit out of Steph Curry. It was driving me insane. Yes. I'm like, what? What? Like, even Trey Lyles, like, okay, he had a great game in game one, and then he came back around in game six, and he was really good. I wasn't even having Terrence Davis? Like, when they went to Terrence Davis, I was like, oh, dude, they are panicking. They're going so off the map on this one. And then he was hitting buckets, and I was like, you, he hit three threes. I couldn't, first. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then he took Keegan Murray off the floor and inserted him again, and I go, oh, God. Oh, God. Thank God he was ice cold in the second half. But, like, uh, you got to be kidding me. Another guy, real quick, another guy who I'm high on coming out of that series, if I was looking from the Kings' perspective, Keegan Murray was so bad the first four games for a rookie, a rookie to rebound and have that kind of impact game five, six, and seven. I was very impressed with him because he you, looked unplayable in the first four games. You and I both. Um, and they all, you know, they got torched when they picked him. Um, and he ended up being a hell of a selection He's for a him. Stud. The the Davis take is a phenomenal one. Do you guys see the highlight? I shouldn't say highlight. The replay of him grabbing Steph's the top Dude. of his head after that three pointer, like literally rubbed the top of his head. It was the the strangest like caress. I don't even know how to fucking describe it. How how is that allowed? Why was that not know. a much bigger deal? Um, even you just saying the names, David, it, it's got me all angry. So I mean, we definitely have to include his name. All right. Let's look forward, boys, because we have a huge series ahead of us. Here's our next question. Quote, we got the matchup that everyone wanted in LeBest v. LeBron. We pause. Normally, I don't like any LeBron references for Steph, but I'll take LeBest. I like that a lot. Quit uh, picking it back up. Please give us a huddle-style preview of the series. And then we got a bunch of questions here. Here's the first. Joe, why can Golden State win this series? I think guard play is so important in the modern NBA, and I look at their guard play, and it feels very erratic, okay? You don't know what you're going to get from Schroeder down the stretch. Uh, defensively, he's a, a turnstile. De- uh, D'Angelo Russell is so hot and cold. Like, do you guys have any idea, like, who they're, they're – they could roll with either guy in the fourth quarter, right? Vanderbilt, I think, is a really good defender. His shot's been off. Yeah. Um, and then, like, they really don't have – like, Austin Reeves – I'm sorry. The guy's going to turn back into a pumpkin at some point. And I think that, yeah, having GP2 and Wiggins and even Clay Thompson going like Kevin Herter. I thought highly of Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter was thoroughly outplayed by Clay and Clay was mediocre I, I, like, by Clay standards. Like we all expected a better version of Clay Thompson. He was mediocre and he thoroughly outplayed Kevin Herter. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's how high the bar is from Clay Thompson. Um, so I think we're going to be good. Look, the key is this. 
If they allow Anthony Davis to have four great games, they're in trouble. They just need to limit him to two and a half, three great games. If they do that, they should have a shot. Um, let's see. In no particular order. You guys remember that movie, The Truman Show? With Jim oh, Carrey? it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. So for the people who hadn't seen it, uh, Jim Carrey plays just a random person and is the first reality show. And they've created an entire world around him that he doesn't know that he's in a reality world, but everyone else is keeping this world up around him. Bram, have you? Are you an X-rated uh, rapper fan? Sure. <laughs> okay. Unforgiven. He uses the very end when he's in the boat looking yeah. up at the at the sky. Ah! And he's like yeah. screaming and yelling. There's a song with X-rated where they use that at the beginning from oh, the Truman Show. And I right. always think about X-rated when someone brings that up. Well, our connection here is Austin Reeves reminds me of the Truman Show. He's, he's fine. But somewhere along the line, fucking Clutch decided ball. this guy was a fucking all-star. And then ESPN picked up suit, and everyone, they created this world around him where Austin Rivers is incredible, and or Austin Reeves, rather, is incredible and is this fucking all-star. Bullshit. Now Austin Reeves fucking believes it. Now he's wearing one of those leg fucking warmers on only one leg and, and making all these plays that suggest he really believes in himself. I call bullshit. It's a Truman Show scenario, and he's going to fucking, he's going to run into reality close enough. Why does uh, why do the Warriors have a chance to win this? And I'm going to bleed this into the next question, which is who is the best player in the series? It's because they have the best player in the fucking series in Steph Curry. Um, he will give them a shot to win every goddamn series, certainly one where he's going to be matched up against with D'Angelo Russell or Dennis Schroeder. And I, I, it's only a matter of time. Maybe this is me being crazy, but I believe in Dante finding him. I, I believe in Poole, maybe somebody else. I even think we might see Kaminga back in this. I think you have to. the size, yeah. you know? Not, not that it resets, Bram. Not, not, because like you don't just reset, but you do give another opportunity. Like, you, like we got to the end of that series and it felt like dude, DV, DDV might be unplayable the rest mm -hmm. of the way. You get to mm -hmm. the end, like, ah, GP2, we'll pick and choose our spots. JMG, unplayable. Kaminga, unplayable. Jordan Poole. Like, unless it's alongside Steph, almost unplayable. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I think you have to open the book back up in game one and two and just give guys a chance to make themselves unplayable or not. And I think that the way the NBA playoffs works and, and how series are so specific, they can come in and give them that reset button. You know, I like think that, JMG's like, going to get a chance. I God, I hope so. I, I think I, he I think is. I hope so. I'd love to see Kuminga, and I'd, I'd love to see at least – some semblance of, of him participating in this fucking series. But do I think I have a chance? Of course I do. Um, Maxime, take this next one because it's a fun question. Will Draymond Green flirt with LeBron during this series? Right? So we've seen, dude, uh, We've they, they have a friendship. He went to his wedding. We saw that interaction with, that had uh, Andre go and make fun of him on the bench, you know? So during this series, do you think that Draymond will continue the overt, uh, you know, batting of eyes towards LeBron? Bram, you're you're breaking my brain, man. I this is it's this is getting real confusing because I'm starting to I'm going through all these layers. The story was that Steph called Draymond because they were both awake at 3:45 in the morning, right? And Draymond was like, "I'm going to give him the speech," and Steph says, "No, I'm going to do the speech," right? And and you see Draymond and Steph's relationship is so far beyond what we understand, right? So far beyond the superficial narratives that we hear. And then Steph's out there smiling with the free throws, right? He's like the most sort of cavalier superstar as he's put in. So like, Steph doesn't care. And if Steph doesn't care, then he at least understands that Draymond is setting up himself for sort of a post-basketball or post-playing basketball career. And that sort of stuff matters, right? So Steph might be like, sure, go get yours as long as you're supporting the team on the court. Like, who really cares? It, it, like the layers that are happening, right? It's like it's not chess on the basketball court alone. It's like chess across the whole NBA. And I don't know what's the most important there for their careers. I really have no idea, man. I didn't even answer the question. I don't know. You broke my brain. Do you think Draymond texted LeBron you up after he got the text from fucking Steph just to talk about it? Um, I, I don't. I think there will be, uh, you know, some reminders that they're friends. You know, I'd like, I don't, I don't know if we'll get like the magic Isaiah kiss at half court thing that we used to get, you know, way back when, but I, there, there's going to be a couple of moments when we were like, Oh yeah, they went to each other's wedding, but I don't think it'll be as overt as we've seen uh, during the regular season. I, I'm predicting just because I know how he gets one flagrant one on LeBron James by, by Draymond Green. If I was sitting the over under, I would go over the half. Here, keep the mic. Same, same uh, topic, basically. If you had to pick two players most likely to get into a fight during this series, who would it be? 
Oh, two players most likely. You know what? Don't sleep on Andrew Wiggins hating LeBron James. This is a guy. <laughs> let me know. Let me tell you why. I've had this hypothesis for a while, and I've heard from people behind the scenes that this is actually more accurate than we want to give up. Imagine being 18 years old and being drafted to the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron returns and he says, I don't even want to play with you. You are, you're going to set me back almost the way the Warriors viewed Wiseman. But instead of even taking the Wiseman pick, you draft him and then trade him before playing one game with him and you go get Kevin Love, who also wasn't good enough to play with LeBron James. I mean, essentially, like I think he harbors a ton of professional anger toward LeBron James for all of those reasons. I, if you go back and look, all the times the Warriors have faced LeBron, Wiggins is so locked in. Yep. It's weird. I'm telling you, I think it's – I know he's so mild-mannered. I think Wiggins is one of those silent assassin types. It's He'll not, snap on you. Dude, it's not weird at all. You're talking about that I'm coming home article. You know, right. When LeBron announced right. that he was going back to Cleveland, and he wrote this big article talking about all the upsides that he'd go and play with. They had the number one pick, and he didn't. Everyone knew it was going to be – Andrew and he didn't mention one fucking syllable at Andrew and they traded him out for Kevin Love exactly as Joe just said so I can see some animosity there uh, what I'm hoping for and this will not happen um, but Austin Reeves GP2 oh, I, I think that that would just like bring more pleasure for my viewing experience than uh, than I can possibly imagine Maxime who's your guest two well, players who might fight uh, yeah, um, Noah in the chat is saying uh, Austin Reeves and Jordan Poole which I think would be pretty interesting Ooh, too, especially call. because right like Jordan probably has some pent up anger that he would like to get out too, you know, um, from the last series and from the whole year. So I, I could see that going down. Who's the most important player in this series, not named Steph or LeBron. I'll say the Lakers trainer. I'd fucking if Anthony Davis, when Anthony Davis gets hurt, we are fine. You know, I'm just going to, going to go ahead and say that. I'm going to say Hachimuri from the Lakers, his length. And if he's hitting threes, I do think that presents some problems. I'm going to give you, I think it's Jordan Poole. I think the reason that game went seven, uh, the series went seven, was Monk thoroughly outplayed Jordan Poole. Like, that to me was the difference yep. in the series. If Jordan Poole, the first quarter of the first game, the second quarter of the first game, Jordan was dynamic. He rolled his ankle. He never was the same. Playing too fast, turning it over. If he could just bottle it up a little and just play above average, that changes everything because the non-Steph minutes are crucial. We need somebody else. I mean, so on the on the Warrior side, I was thinking the same thing. Either JP or DiVincenzo or maybe Jamichael Green, but they need somebody. We know what we're going to get from Steph. We know what we're going to get from Clay. We know what we're going to get from Dre. You know, there, there's some, some predictable sources mm. of production, but we're going to need something from one of these guys who didn't give it to us in the previous series, and I'm thinking it's hopefully going to come I'll say Dante um, more than Poole because I, I lost some confidence in JP over that last that last series, man. That one hurt my heart. Um, Maxime, why can the Lakers win this series? It's uh, because of their athletic trainer. <laughs> and I mean, that it's, it's, it's Anthony Davis, right? We know what we're going to get from LeBron. Um, we know he's not as, at his apex, but he's still putting in 20 point, 20 rebound games. So a dude can still ball. Um, but Anthony Davis is the X factor. And if he comes out ready to play, I mean, he's he's not going to shy away from Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, double teaming him in the post. He's the type of dude they can still get his. And it's a concern if he's going to play an all-star level, like Joe said, for four games, that's going to be a hell of a series. I'm going to take D'Angelo Russell because I expect Anthony Davis to have some great games. D'Angelo, to me, is the big wild card because I got no idea what it, it you want to talk about a guy who's kind of shunned. I mean, he came to the Warriors and was traded for Andrew Wiggins and then watches Andrew Wiggins get all the love that Kevin Durant wanted. Like, it's kind of wild, the the, the domino effect of all, all of them. So I'm going to go with D'Angelo Russell. This this answer is going to make me angry. The, the, the reasons the Lakers can win is because they took their shit seriously at the trade deadline and made their team a full team. They brought in Jared fucking Vanderbilt. They brought in Rui. They, they, they saw the various missing pieces and they addressed them. We did not. We didn't make those moves. And through the course of this, you know, these next six or seven games, I think we're going to get real frustrated with Vanderbilt specifically because he fits in perfectly. Um, other side is Lakers zagged. Everybody else went with ball movement, three-point shooting. The Lakers went big, you know, and if they destroy, I mean, Kevon Looney is another one of those players who's going to play a real big fucking role here because we're going to need every inch of his loon god rebounding status if we're ultimately going to beat this team. Um, and Steph so shoots poorly at Staples. 
Yeah. I can't stand that. I hate that whole narrative. And I hate that it's true. You know it what I mean? Like, true. like you keep saying like it's bullshit, but like, no, it, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. It's the yeah. boxing lights. It's not just staples, right? Cause he be fucking plays against the clips. All right. It's the Lakers and their stupid ass stadium style or, uh, you know, boxing style lighting that they have. Uh, I've kept you longer than I said we would. So I'm going to make these quick hitters real fast answers and we're out. All right. Yeah. Most hateable later or hateable Laker all time. No, now this team. You can give right me all now, time as well. LeBron. Can't stand LeBron. I mean, give me a break, dude. Like, not I, Austin. It's I, not I, no, the fucking no. come over. That come over kills me. Look, I'll root for the white guys. All right, I'm, I'm admitted. I admit it. I like <laughs> the try hard white guys because I kind of envisioned myself as one of those. So you know, while everyone else in America is canceling the white male, I am going to rock with them. Okay. <laughs> it's LeBron. I can't stand the answer of the day. Uh, Maxime, most hateable. Uh, I don't know. Now I, I, I'm still pretty, I think I'm going to right now I have love for LeBron, but as soon as the, as soon as the series starts, I think I'm going to find myself pretty annoyed exactly. with him all over again. I'm going to be reminded of everything, all of the times that we've gone up against LeBron. I mean, this is a classic showdown and I hated him then. So why would I not hate him now? Best coach. I'll go first on this one. Steve Kerr. Darvin Ham always looks confused to me. I'm yeah. sure he's not. I'm LeBron sure he knows exactly coach. what he's doing. Every time they see him, every time we see him on the sideline, it looks like something's happened. He's not really sure it was allowed, but he doesn't know how to ask anyone if that's within the rules. So he just lets it go down. Most hateable uh, Laker all time for you, Bram and Maxime. God, that's so tough. I'm going to give you like stupid answers. Like Mark Madsen used to fucking drive me crazy. I mean, like just real anger inducing fucking scenarios, man. Um, LeBron will be a part of that list by the end of this, you know, like the, but that that's, you know what? I'm going to give you Mark Madsen. I don't know why he used to reflect like in that way for me. And I know that, I know that you're a fan of the white American basketball player. So if I'm taking any shots at one of your favorite guys, my bad, but that was me. How about you? Two names, and Maxine, I'll go to you after this. Ronnie Turioff and Derek Fisher, two Laker bums that the Warriors signed to get championship DNA. I hate them both so much. So you clearly much. don't remember how well Ronnie Turioff waved that motherfucking towel, dude. Nobody could wave a towel like Turioff waved his towel. Couldn't say. And Rick Fox. I hated Rick Fox. <laughs> we all hated Rick Fox. Dude. That's what I'm saying. The actor. I don't even sure. Did he play basketball? I, no, I just remember him on various uh, on TV Oz. series. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm from a slightly different era. So for me, it's Dwight Howard. Um, there's just so much about how that dude operates in and around basketball that is antithetical to my way of life. Um, and I wanted him to be so much more than he ended up being. So I wanted the Warriors to just said, Joe, that we're old. I don't know. I don't know if I can to decode that for you, but that's essentially. Campbell. Who's going to. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to uh, have the best home court advantage? Ooh, I, I'm actually going to say the Lakers because you know why? Laker fans are everywhere. Like they are, they're like Cowboy fans. They will show up everywhere. Like we all know a couple of Laker fans that are from the Bay. I'm a, fan, I'm a Laker fan. Um, we were already joking with my wife's family. This is the Filipino Civil War. I mean, this is this is the Lakers versus the Warriors. This is, might as well be a Filipino Civil War. So, you know, stake your flag now. This is when they come out of the woodwork too. All those oh, people who weren't fucking Laker fans for the last eight, nine it's years, suddenly they're going to be it, showing us their Laker tattoos and their shirts and, you know, like the banners they have at home, all that other bullshit out they'll come. Um, I agree with you, unfortunately. I, I, I believe in Chase Center. We are fairly loud, but the, the thing about Laker fan is when they lock in, the, like, they actually can make a difference for their team. They don't always, and you never know when whether or not they're going to show up, but when they do show up, they can make a difference. All right, prediction, boys. Who wins and in how many games? Warriors in six. Let's go. Not a whole lot of conviction behind that, Maxime. It sounded like maybe you weren't positive. No, 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 no. It goes the other way. At this point, I feel like maybe, okay, so to be fair, right, this is the first time that our 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 listeners are actually hearing me. So, right, so I should be saying that with a little bit more oomph. But in all of the text conversations that we've been a part of and all the text conversations that I've been having, it's just, it feels like over and over again, that's what everybody's saying. And it feels like a a done deal, right? So I'm not saying it out of resignation, but rather just out of like, you know, beyond confidence. Yeah, that let's go made it seem like you were talking yourself into it. But the follow-up, I think I believe. Warriors of six, Joe, what do you think? I'm going to go Warriors in seven. I just... I know how this thing's going to get officiated. I know that the Warriors are tired. They're going to have to have played 10 games in 19 days if it goes seven games. Okay? So, like, I'm preparing myself for a long, arduous, you know, series. 
they got no time in between Sunday and Tuesday night. If they get the split at home, that's about it. Like, that's what I'm looking for at this point. I'm talking about from a Warrior perspective. So I think this is going to be a long series. Mm. I really do. It's a clash of styles. Bad news for me is I think the Warriors lose the first game. And I think there's going to be fucking freak out town. And I think there's going to be a hyperbolic response. And the Lakers are back and all that. And then also, I think... Warriors and six, let's fucking go. And then they're going to steal one in fucking stables. And then they're going to ram it up their ass. And I also think we are not the older team. LeBron is much point. further in his career. There's no travel again. If we had to handpick the, the playoff path that the Warriors would take, this is it, dude. We have home court advantage. You know, we, we spend all year shitting the bed on the road to not have home court advantage. Doesn't matter. Here we are. We've got back-to-back -back road games in game five and seven. I can't believe it. That is fucking exactly right. So Warriors in six. We'll see how this plays. This 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 is going to be a barn burner um, and a, a normal but maybe underlined reminder. If you're listening to this, enjoy this. Enjoy it. The we may never have the kind of talent that Steph Curry is in our lives again. This may be the pinnacle. He's not, I'm not saying he's getting traded. I'm not saying he's going anywhere. But you know, every year as he gets older, it's not like he's going to get better. And so. While he occupies this brilliance, just soak in every fucking second. Another reminder, or at least piece of advice, don't have a kid's birthday party on a game seven. Giant mistake. You don't want to do that. You're going to piss off a lot of people. Cost you years off your life. Just, you know, just take it from me. Joe, thank you, dude. Um, look forward to this. Ever since we we talked about when you were coming on, this was it lived up to everything for everyone who needs way more butcher boy in their life. Where do they go? Uh, Butch Bar 5 on Twitter, Instagram, you name it, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, and Morning Roast, 6 to 10, every morning, 95.7 The Game. Phenomenal show. You know where to find us. You want to shoot us an email. Let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot that too. Huddle at WarriorsHuddle.com. Boom. We're also on social media. Twitter account is at Warriors Huddle. YouTube channel is also Warriors Huddle. And we are on Instagram. Uh, where Marcus is running that, and that one's at Warriors Huddle as well. With that in mind, fuck the Lakers. Go Warriors! Hopefully we'll see real soon. Good, good. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.